The Commercial Real Estate Show is an informative radio program for thought-provoking enlightenment. The show, nor the station, host, or guests through the show audio are providing legal, accounting, or other fiduciary advice. For representation to suit your specific requirements, engage an experienced professional familiar with your company, property sector, and market area. For recommendations to professional providers to suit your endeavors, you're invited to contact the host at commercialrealestateshow.com. Enjoy. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And that's whatever type of company you work with. And laugh, I think we have to have some fun along the way. Well, hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Well, today we're going to explore the U.S. industrial market. Is manufacturing coming back to the U.S.? Are corporate leaders willing to expand in the current economic and political environment? And how are online sales affecting the sector? And what should we expect from sector performance and investment sales activity and cap rates in 2013? Well, today we'll answer all your questions. Well, maybe not all of them, right? We won't answer like the meaning of life or anything, but all your industrial questions we'll get to. All right, let's get to some questions we can answer. Please welcome my first guest, Ryan Severino, Senior Economist with Reese. For more than 30 years, Reese has been a trusted provider of impartial commercial real estate performance information and analysis. Reese provides updated trends and forecasts of rent, vacancy, and inventory for apartment, office, retail, and industrial properties in up to 200 metropolitan areas and more than 6,300 markets and segments. Ryan, welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thank you, Michael. Great to be back. Well, thank you, Ryan. And I'd just like to know, how did the U.S. industrial sector overall perform in 2012? I would say overall that industrial had a, a pretty good year, all things considered. In the, uh, in the warehouse distribution subsector, we ended the year uh, with a 12.3% vacancy rate. That was down about 80 basis points uh, from where we ended the prior year. Uh, asking and effective rents both grew uh, between about 1% and 2% during 2012. And that's a nice reversal from 2011 when uh, rent growth was, was still negative, unfortunately. In the, uh, in the flex R&D subsector, we ended the year with about a 13.9% vacancy rate. That was actually down about 120 basis points or so from the prior year. Uh, we, we again saw asking and effective rents uh, grow a little bit, about 1% for the subsector during the year. So not quite as uh, robust as we saw in the warehouse distribution subsector, but I would say that's uh, still a pretty heartening showing. Uh, so clearly, uh, you know, we've seen a, a resurgence in demand, a resurgence in net absorption uh, in both subsectors during the year. So overall, I would, I would say it was pretty good. Well, that's great. I guess landlords and investors are glad to see that growth and, and it's a little bit of rent rate uh, growth as, as well. That's great. Well, what do you expect to see for the industrial sector moving forward in 2013? Uh, you know, I'd say we expect it to be kind of a, another year of this this you know, somewhat tepid recovery for, for both subsectors. Uh, we expect vacancy rates to continue uh, to trend downward this year, probably by another 50 basis points or so in each subsector. I think we'll start to see rent growth accelerate a little bit in both uh, subsectors for, for asking and effective rents, uh, probably in the 2% range, give or take, uh, for both of them. Uh, I would say we expect to see net absorption uh, to be, uh, you know, about on par with what we saw last year. Uh, so I'd say, you know, generally good things ahead for the industrial sector. We're still not seeing a huge acceleration in construction. So as long as uh, demand remains fairly stable, we should see improvement uh, out of the, uh, the important data points for the market. And much better than 2012, you're saying then? 
Yeah, I, w- I would think we would we would definitely start to see some improvement relative to 2012. Okay, and what are the top factors that you see affecting the industrial market, Ryan? Uh, you know, obviously, the continued improvement of the economy is, is of a you know paramount importance for the sector. And I would say, given uh, the fourth quarter's preliminary uh, contra- contractionary reading in the economy, that's that's a little bit in doubt right now. But there are certainly a couple of other factors that I think uh, will really impact the sector as well. Uh, although uh, you know overall retail sales growth is not as robust as as we would really like to see at this juncture, uh, e-commerce sales continue to perform well. And uh, the nice thing for industrial is that it benefits from demand for goods, irrespective uh, of which channel the goods are distributed through. So as long as we continue to see growth in e-commerce, that is certainly uh, a boom for the sector. The other factor I think that could help uh, this year is, is the recovery in the housing market. Now, this is still a, you know in its nascent stages, but housing recoveries create demand for things like furniture, home goods, and home improvement goods. So if the housing market recovery can continue this year, uh, that will certainly be a positive for the sector. Yeah, that's a good point, especially in those markets that are real dependent on the housing industry. And let's turn our focus to investment sales. Has industrial been a really sought-after asset class in 2012? I would say that, you know, depending upon uh, who you talk to, what segment of the market, there has been uh, a fairly strong interest in the sector. Overall, uh, we saw sales volume continue to mount this kind of slow recovery. Uh, Our data is still a little bit preliminary, but last year, uh, transaction activity was slightly up versus 2011 levels. Uh, we certainly continue to rebound from the doldrums that we saw uh, during this, the recession. You know, we're, we're still waiting for uh, some data to come in from the non-disclosure states, but I would say that we expect uh, arm's length transaction volume to be greater than $20 billion this year, which would be you know the highest that we've seen since the economy began recovering. Yeah, well, it seems like a safe asset class, doesn't it, compared to, to maybe retail and some of the sectors that uh, do do more uh, spec building, right? Yeah, absolutely. What about cap rates? What do you see for cap rates on various uh, industrial property types in 2012? Uh, again, our, our data is still a little bit preliminary, but what I would say is cap rates continued to compress during 2012 for both subtypes. Uh, warehouse distribution continues to garner, uh, I would say, somewhat stronger interest. Uh, you know, as the economy and retail sales uh, rebounded a little bit during the year. Flex R&D continues to lag a little bit just because uh, it's a little more heavily dependent upon small businesses, which we haven't really seen uh, recover as quickly uh, as large businesses during the cycle. But generally, you know, we're seeing caps uh, in the mid-single digit range, you know, 5 to, say, 8%, depending upon uh, the market. And that's a much uh, healthier place uh, than we were even just a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's great. What do you expect moving forward in 2013 for cap rates? Um, I'd say we expect to see continued declines in cap rates, although, you know, the magnitude could slow a little bit after a few years of cap rate compression. Uh, what I would say is, however, as long as, as the Fed is going to keep interest rates low, uh, you know, with improving fundamentals and, and compressing risk premiums, it uh, looks like it could be, you know, more of the same ahead for industrial. Maybe another sort of in the neighborhood of maybe a 50 uh, basis point compression uh, is certainly depending upon the economy this year. Right. Well, it does seem like a good time to get into industrial properties at this time in the market and this time in the uh, sector. What do you see for performance variances between markets? Are, are there certain property types and areas of the country seeing more demand? 
I would say on a geographical basis, you know, demand continues to be the strongest uh, at the ports and the real large uh, intermodal distribution markets. And that's really just due to the pattern uh, of global trade, as most, though you know, not all goods uh, for sale, continue to flow into the U.S. from abroad. Uh, and for the time being, on a subsector basis, you know, we expect to see um, you know, greater demand for the warehouse distribution properties than, than the flex R&D properties, at least in the, in the near term. Okay. And where do you see opportunities out there uh, for investors or users in this environment? You know, clearly there, there's a, an appetite for, you know, large, modern, class A buildings. I would say, you know, especially as warehouse distribution becomes more computerized and, and robots become a more important part of supply chain management, those types of buildings uh, are, are really commanding a bit of a premium in the marketplace. I would say, the, you know, the buildings that can best adapt to this new, more uh, technology-oriented environment will outperform uh, their, their laggard peers. Uh, for those who are a little bit more uh, risk-seeking, a little bit more adventurous. Uh, you know, if small businesses finally start to recover this year, as some people are predicting, you know, there could be some attractive opportunities in the flex uh, R&D space because it's been a little bit uh, neglected during this recovery for obvious reasons. But uh, I would say those type of investments are not for the faint of heart. So for those who are feeling a little bit more adventurous, it might be time to start uh, thinking about flex R&D in a way that we really haven't uh, given much consideration over the last few years. Okay. And Ryan, as we uh, talked about in the intro, you guys track industrial retail office uh, and apartments. How does the industrial sector compare to the other asset types, in your opinion, moving forward in 2013? Uh, you know, it, it's it's a little more uh, Goldilocks-like than I would say some <laughs> of uh, the other sectors. Apartment is is scorchingly on fire at the moment. Uh, if anything, I think you know, apartments are on the precipice of of a construction boom that that will certainly uh, have ramifications for the sector going forward. And retail, I could spend forever talking about all of the problems that we're still seeing in retail. Offices uh, and industrial kind of in the middle. They're, they're, you know, they're both really driven uh, to a large extent by what happens in the corporate sector uh, to what happens in terms of consumer performance. And so uh, I would say that uh, you know, the, the, the prospects going forward uh, for both of them are, are relatively bright. I think apartments' better days are probably behind it at this point as construction picks up. I think there's still a lot of issues we need to work out with retail. But I think uh, office and industrial are, are starting to get into that, uh, not quite that sweet spot, but getting there where investment opportunities over the, the medium term will probably be relatively attractive. Well, in 10 seconds, uh, what's the wolf at the door for industrial properties? Uh, you know, if, if global trade starts to be imperiled because of you know what we're seeing in Europe, and if we do start to see uh, a bit of a contraction uh, in the U.S. economy, I think that is the kind of situation where uh, you could see trade volume slow down, you could see uh, consumer uh, interest in products start to decline, and then you could see uh, demand, you know, the wind come out of the sails of demand. But I think as, as long as we're even in a slow, stable growth environment, I think uh, it should be, you know, good, if not spectacular times ahead for the industrial market. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me back, Michael. For more information from the good people at Reese, visit Reese.com. More on the industrial market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Cone Resnick, forward-thinking advice to navigate business and financial issues. Visit ConeResnick.com. 
by BB&T. Banking, business, and commercial real estate loans. Visit BB&T.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit AGG.com. And Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related subjects, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, we had recent shows on broker strategies, social media for business, a show on the banking industry, and shows on the office and retail sectors. You can access the shows anytime on your smartphone or computer. Visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing the U.S. industrial market. Please welcome Larry Callahan, CEO with Patillo Industrial Real Estate. Founded in 1950, Patillo serves as both a design-build general contractor and the largest privately held industrial development operation based in the southeast. Patillo has built over 1,000 buildings, totaling over 70 million square feet, and owned thousands of acres of land for new development along key transportation corridors. Larry, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Also, please welcome Summy Orr, managing partner with the law firm Hartman Simons. Hartman Simons is a law firm of commercial real estate experts. They're Atlanta-based with a national reach. They bring clients a deep expertise crossing the disciplines that make up commercial real estate. Summy, welcome to the show. Michael, thanks for having me, sir. Guys, I'd like to know what types of properties and, and in what types of market areas are you seeing the most demand for industrial properties today? Well, in terms of new buildings getting constructed, the hottest part of the market has probably been large big box distribution. And by large, I mean 800,000 square feet and above. Um, that part of the market has um, is, is tightened up in terms of what was available uh, in terms of buildings. And so there's new ones being built to, to suit the large in, um, national distribution companies. People is most like, of that build to suit? Uh, most of that is built to suit. Um, there hasn't been a lot of new speculative construction in that area yet, but um, the tightening in the markets is starting to call for it. And some places in the country, uh, particularly out in California, there are some spaces where people are starting to build uh, on a speculative basis to accommodate the demand for the big boxes. The other thing that we're seeing that you actually don't hear that many people talking about is the return of manufacturing to the United States. And uh, we are seeing a pretty steady stream of that. I think it's driven by a number of things. Um, one is the improving uh, and expected long-term improvement in the uh, energy sector in the United States. Uh, our cost of power is simply likely to be less than most other places in the world. And there are a lot of people where power cost is a key component of what they do. They do. So uh, we're seeing it, and if I had to say where most of those people are coming from uh, you know some of them are good old American companies that have been here a long time but we're also seeing a good bit of demand from Japan and from Germany uh, both of which are places that um, have issues with regard to energy cost and that's great for our economy and, and great for jobs so do you think that's going to continue into 2013 and 2014 or is it going to be more onshoring if you will uh, I think it's going to accelerate mm -hmm. because the, the fracking that you hear people talking about with um, uh, hydraulic fracking to get unleashed uh, natural gas and oil um, is, is an ongoing trend that is going to lead to 
um, tremendous improvement in our availability uh, of um, of uh, natural gas and oil uh, in the United States. And there's even talk of the United States exporting uh, natural gas. Well, I told my wife we might discuss fracking on the show, and she said, <laughs> do you think that's proper? I mean, <laughs> it's a family show. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Sammy, what do you see? Yeah, I was going to say, with respect to these uh, these larger distribution facilities, uh, that's sort of the flip side of uh, of what people are seeing in the in the whole e-tailing uh, industry, and the you know the retailers panicking that uh, there aren't enough uh, opportunities for them because the uh, the big e-tailers are, are taking over and, and moving product that way. But you, you understand from a, from a real estate perspective, that stuff's got to go somewhere, and so you got you know, these giant facilities that are being built all over the country you know, by Amazon and others uh, to house that product and move that product. And so it's, you know, it's like I say, the stuff's got to go somewhere. And uh, and that creates real estate opportunities for uh, for industrial development. And who are some of these companies uh, that are creating demand in the, in the industrial market right now? Well, you, you uh, somebody just mentioned um, the, uh, the, the Amazon, but you also have Home Depot and you also have a lot of the big food companies doing things like uh, Kraft Foods and General Mills. And, you know, it's kind of salt-of-the-earth things that, that have been, uh, you know, the big drivers in the economy recently. E- even when things are difficult and there's not a lot of growth going on, people are still eating. You know, that's <laughs> just a basic thing. So, you know, whether it's uh, food or soap or, you know, things of that nature that just really didn't uh, take a downturn, those big companies are in great shape, and they've been taking advantage of the market that has existed. Yeah, even in 2009, I didn't miss a meal. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't show. You look, you look great. Well, Nobody can in, see you, but you right, look great. That's why I'm in radio. Right? <laughs> and, and where do these uh, companies want to be? Where do they want to uh, locate? Well, the, the location is always driven by where are their customers. What is the lowest cost way to deliver a product to the customer? And every company makes that calculation themselves. There's been a pretty steady trend here for the last, I don't know, probably 15 years or so toward bigger and bigger buildings, uh, more technology, use of robots, you know, things of that nature. And it's made um, uh, made buildings larger and larger. So uh, where are they going? Uh, they're going near the population bases, and they're going um, in the parts of the country that are growing the population the most. Okay, and that's that tends to be the west and the south. Okay, and how close to the major cities do they like to be? Well, um, there's a lot of factors that get into it, yeah. uh, especially with e-tailers mm-hmm. uh, relating to um, uh, taxes and things of that nature. But um, they tend to like to be uh, uh, in the center of a big population base. Okay, and again, it's like what Larry said: you want to be where your customers are. But I do think that the uh, that the taxation issue has uh, has thrown uh, a, a different a variable into that because, for instance, Amazon uh, has built a couple of really large facilities uh, in Tennessee near Atlanta, but not in Georgia because they get a better tax break in uh, in Tennessee currently than they could have gotten in Georgia, and that makes a difference and it drives real estate and it makes real estate decisions. Okay, and we've seen positive absorption for for what a couple years now across the U.S. Is it time to build spec buildings? I mean, it seems like. It's a conservative sector, if you will, compared to some of the other sectors. What do you see out there? Well, um, there has been a general belief for the last several years that it didn't make sense to put up a lot of speculative construction because uh, the price of building the buildings hadn't changed a lot, but the availability of space in the market had tended to pull the uh, rental rates down. So it just economically didn't make a lot of sense. 
and people were tending to fill up the existing space. Now the steady move of the economy, even though we haven't had spectacular growth, but people have been slowly filling up those spaces, particularly the larger spaces. And now the economics are starting to turn. The rental rates are starting to move up, and it's starting to make more sense. And there are people that are discussing uh, putting up spec buildings. Some of them are actually happening in the hotter markets and the tighter markets, uh, places in Texas, some places in California. There's talk, uh, you know, we're based in Atlanta, and there's, uh, there's talk of speculative buildings going up here for the first time in quite a while uh, that it would, would suit this part of the market. I will say also that our company, uh, the Patillo Organization, um, put up two speculative buildings already. We did it last year, and both of them were targeted to manufacturing. They were not large boxes. Uh, they were more targeted toward the manufacturing side of the market, which I mentioned earlier is one part that we do see growing. Okay, and they available right now? Yes, sir. Okay. They are available. <laughs> okay. Make us an offer. All right. Take you over this morning. <laughs> okay. All right. Call today. We have a building ready to go for you uh, in the state of Georgia. All right. Well, after a quick break, more intel on the U.S. industrial market. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Cone Resnick forward-thinking advice to navigate business and financial issues. Visit ConeResnick.com. By BB&T, banking, business, and commercial real estate loans. Visit BB&T.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit AGG.com. And Bull Realty, when your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. How would you like people to come to your website to hear the Commercial Real Estate Show? Well, you can now download a free widget allowing your site visitors to access show videos and audio podcasts right on your website. Just visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com and look for the widget on the homepage. You can see how it works and easily download it to your site, and after you load it, it works automatically. Well, today we're discussing the U.S. industrial market. My guests are Larry Callahan with Patillo Industrial Real Estate, Summy Orr with the law firm Hartman Simons. And gentlemen, you know, large corporate demand for big box space has been strong, as, as we've discussed already. What about demand for smaller buildings under 300,000 square feet and smaller? Are you seeing entrepreneurs forming or expanding companies? What's happening in that space? Yeah, it's the most fun thing to talk about is always the great big deals, and, and that's what everybody focuses on. And, and they are great, and it is um, – a part of the um, industrial market that I think is probably the strongest right now. But um, most of the space that's out there is actually significantly below that as far as the existing space is concerned. And historically, especially this, when you get down to really um, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 square foot spaces, a lot of that space has been occupied by companies that are entrepreneurial in nature. Uh, those companies were hurt just like everybody else in the economy back in, in 2008 and 2009. And they've kind of been absent from the recovery for the last couple of years. Now, we are just now starting to see some of those people come into the market. And it's an exciting thing because, you know, the, it's what really needs to happen to get this economy going again is to get a broad base of people starting to, you know, take chances and, and, and make things happen. And the space is out there. It's available. And we're just now at the point, too, where the bankers are reaching the point where they're starting to be willing to lend again. 
And, um, and if you get the combination of people seizing opportunities and taking some chances and available spaces out there at good rates and the bankers start loaning to them, you know, that can be what jumpstarts this economy. Yeah, and the banks uh, are starting to lend again, and, and they're getting more healthy every day. Sammy, what do you see in your practice? You know, I was going to say that, that really the uh, the entrepreneurs, that's some of the most fun stuff you get into in industrial mm-hmm. real estate. I mean, you, the big box deals, like Larry said, are, are fun to talk about, but it's a lot of fun to work with uh, with new companies coming out of the blocks. I had a, uh, a client come in recently uh, looking for help on a lease, and his uh, in his business he says, I take plastic bottles, and I use a, a, a transformation process to turn that into oil or petroleum. And I said, look, I, I, can, I can handle your lease. That'll be fine. But uh, your biggest problem is that what you're talking about is impossible. <laughs> There's no way. To, if you could turn plastic bottles into oil, we'd all be doing that. <laughs> and he, he said, no, really, this works. And it's, it's really cool to get out and see sort of what's going on and what people are doing that can really be changing, uh, changing our environment and our, um, our economy. We didn't see my bumper sticker on my car. My car runs on plastic, the bumper sticker back there. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, what about housing? Um, housing is, is starting to recover uh, nationally and in most markets. Are you starting to see any effect in the industrial market from housing coming back yet? Well, I'd love to say yes. Um, the truth is I haven't really seen a lot of it yet, um, but it is a key part of the industrial market. Um, you know, warehouses and um, are all over the country have um, you know, components that go into uh, housing. And whether it's roofing materials or um, uh, drywall or uh, cabinetry or flooring or furniture, you, know, you name it, those things are all over the country in warehouses. And when that segment starts taking off and growing, then the demand for housing uh, those things in industrial buildings also takes off. Now, what we're seeing now is a recovery in the housing market. We haven't really seen it even come close to what it used to be. So there's a lot of places that are in that business that are still um, utilizing the capacity that they already have, and the improvement will first start there where they have better performance and better utilization of their space. Then it's going to start expanding, and we haven't really seen it yet. It's on the horizon. We're looking forward to it, but I think there are certain parts of the country, maybe Texas in particular, that has got more growth in that area than you see in other parts like the southeast where we happen to be based. And, and, it's, and it's a good question for industrial real estate because people don't don't necessarily think of housing as impacting industrial real estate. But uh, as Larry said and as Ryan said earlier, uh, there's this there's this secondary effect of uh, of all the things that go into houses once you get houses built, leaving aside just the uh, the construction end of it that uh, that requires space, requires distribution, requires warehousing, and uh, and can really bump up the uh, the desire for more uh, and uh, and different development. Right. And as Ryan discussed uh, in the earlier segment, uh, it also charges the big boxes uh, because the, the retailers, you know, they're going to sell more furniture and more drapes and that sort of thing. But what you guys are talking about is actually the small users, the guys building the doors and the cabinets and and uh, you know the the subs and things like that, they're going to create more demand in those smaller industrial properties. So so it may be a good time in some markets to to look at investing in some of those properties, and especially if you're a user and you want to get in before those market gets hot and, and secure a long term lease or or an ac- acquisition uh, while you can. And it's interesting if you're if you're a small company like that and you're going to acquire the building for your own use, the financing right now is just absolutely incredible and the prices are, are, are really low. All right, we're going to have to take a quick break. More on the industrial market in just a moment. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. 
The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Cone Resnick. Forward-thinking advice to navigate business and financial issues. Visit ConeResnick.com. By BB&T, banking, business, and commercial real estate loans. Visit BB&T.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit AGG.com. And Bull Realty, when your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some very interesting shows coming up for you, including shows featuring updates and forecasts on the single-tenant net lease market and one on the apartment sector, and a show where we will share strategies for investing in the distressed market. Be sure to catch shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at the homepage, commercialrealestateshow.com. Today, we're discussing the U.S. industrial market with Larry Callahan and Summy Orr. And Larry, before the break, we were talking about the opportunities for users to acquire properties right now if it's the right time for their business and the available financing. Uh, what are you seeing for prices of these more vacant type of buildings? Well, I think it may be the best time in history for entrepreneurs to wake up and start seizing some opportunities. Um, because if, if we talk about investment properties and the prices people are paying for a large building that is um, you know, fully leased to a credit tenant for 15 years, you're seeing some very high prices. Yeah, it's a bifurcated market, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you, you ding, 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 ding. Secret word. Yeah. We use bifurcated. Uh, Monty, tell him what he's won. <laughs> we have a winner. Yeah. You can't get through a discussion of real estate without talking about a bifurcated market. It's a required word. So, but at any rate, if, in terms of uh, available space, older buildings, smaller buildings, which is actually how a lot of the entrepreneurial companies get started, there are tremendous opportunities there, and there's financing available at very low rates, historically low rates, and you know that's a great opportunity for somebody who's got an idea and got a, got a business that they want to get started. They ought to be taking action right now. Yeah, let's get those widgets on the market. Well, speaking of that, what about confidence? Do these companies have the confidence, and, and the and the bigger companies? I mean, they have record amounts of cash and cash flow. Uh, corporate earnings are up. There's there's a lot of cash uh, on their balance sheets. Are they confident enough to start investing in new plants and facilities right now? Well, we are certainly seeing a surge in people investigating that possibility, calling for proposals, preparing to do things. Um, I think we've had a period of time here in the fourth quarter in, of 2012 and you know, first part of 2013 where there's been a good bit of uncertainty in the air, mostly coming from Washington. Um, but as that stuff starts clearing up, uh, the, the money is available uh, the, the decisions are actually on the table. People have proposals in their hands, and it's just a matter of going ahead and committing and saying, you know what, uh, even with all the concerns that there are out there in the world, um, there's an opportunity here. People are going to still consume. They're still going to need our product, and it's time to go ahead and commit and move forward. And, and you know, that possibility exists because we're seeing we've got more proposals out right now than we've had any time in the last four years. That's great to hear. And and Summy, are your clients shaking in their boots, or uh, <laughs> are they willing to expand? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I think uh, I think industrial real estate. One of the the kind of nuances about industrial real estate is how calendar driven it can be. In that, a uh, on the on the user end, the uh, the users will go through the calendar year and toward the fourth quarter start to try to put together budgets for what they need for the next calendar year. 
uh, as opposed to retailers or office users who are much less driven that way. So you see, you know, at the end of 2011, nobody, very few companies were saying, hey, we need more space and let's go get it in 2012. I think towards the end of 2012, you're seeing people go to their bosses and managers and saying, hey, we've been busting at the seams for two years, three years. It's time to get more space. And so you start to see, just like Larry's talking about, now people are coming out saying, hey, give me a proposal. I need more space. I need more uh, opportunity to grow. And I think, like you say, with with companies having a strong cash uh, standpoint, people are looking at that and and jumping on those opportunities. So I think we're going to see more of that in 2013 and certainly more of that in 2014. And you guys are talking to these these companies all the time, and so are we. And and what do you see when you're talking to the tenants, the leaders of these companies? Are they discouraged by the lack of leadership in Washington? Is that one of the things that are holding them back, or what do they say to you? Um, the answer is yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, and this is I think you know business people in particular are pragmatic. If they go ahead and address the issues that they need to address, and go ahead and start pointing a direction that makes sense. We'll all forgive them. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> let's go. Let's go forward. All we want them to yeah. do is go ahead and solve the problems. Right. And the analysts I've talked to on the show for the last year, you know, before the election, you know, I always ask them, you know, if, depending on who wins, is what's how's that going to affect uh, the economy and how's that going to affect the commercial real estate? And they said, in particular, commercial real estate, it didn't matter. I mean, they've looked back at all the elections that it doesn't really matter. And it's, and yeah, if you're not growing, you know, you're dying. And, and talking about the government, you know, we have the fiscal cliff, we have deficit spending, uh, debt ceiling issues. How about foreign companies? Uh, are they okay investing here? What do you see? This is still the greatest country on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I believe it. And I think a lot of companies are, you know, they vote by coming over here and making investments here. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's been a, a difficult time, and, you know, we, we've had our issues to deal with. Europe has had its issues to deal with. Japan's had, you know, more than its fair share of issues to deal with, with, you know, both the economic issues and then the tsunami and the aftermath of all that. Um, but, you know, um, we see a bright future in America uh, in part because, you know, the, at the governmental level, who knows whether they'll cut spending or raise taxes or both. But the thing that we can do from a business perspective and a real estate pr- perspective is go ahead and get together and unleash the entrepreneurial spirit and the um, investing uh, side of our economy and grow it. If, if we all start believing in the future again and start investing uh, our money where we believe uh, the future is, is bright, uh, we're going to see the economy actually grow better than all the projections. And that's really what we need to do. And real estate plays a part in it, but the entrepreneurs that come in are our buildings and create jobs those are really the key we got to wake that up yeah and you're doing your part with the with the spec buildings you're doing and we're seeing it in our practice and in our shop we have investors from all over the world and all over the country who think it's now the time to buy commercial real estate it's the time to buy industrial properties you want to lock in these uh interest rates and and get in while the recovery uh is 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 happening all right we're gonna take a quick break more on the industrial market in just a moment i'm michael bull and this is the commercial real estate show we'll be right back the commercial real estate show is brought to you by cone resnick forward-thinking advice to navigate business and financial issues visit coneresnick.com by bbnt banking business and commercial real estate loans visit bbnt.com 
and Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Bull Realty, when your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're discussing the U.S. industrial market. My guests are Larry Callahan and Summy Orr. And Larry, where are building costs today compared to a few years ago, and, and maybe also compared to pre-recession? Is it cheaper to build today than it was, say, in 2007? Well, I, th- I think what you see in, in 2009, I think right after the everything hit in late 2008, 2009, you actually saw a good bit of uh, reduction in cost, particularly on things like uh, uh, concrete. Um, there just wasn't much demand for them, and the price jump, dropped you know, 20 30% in some places. Uh, of course, that was a year when only hardly anything got built. Um, as things started getting uh, constructed again, and as the market has continued to heal, uh, the numbers have crept back to the point where they're very close to what they were uh, back in the 2007-2008 area. There are a few things that are a little cheaper, but if you look at an overall building price uh, right now for an industrial building, it's not much different than it was, uh, you know, before the downturn. So, um, you know, the the thing that is most different is that rental rates generally in the market have adjusted to a lower number, right. and that's that's the one thing that's down. Well, you know, if you look at the CoStar is reporting the you know, the average. Uh, construction of industrial properties around the country at about 300 million square feet for many, many years. And then it dropped down in 2009 to 2012. It's like 68 million square feet. So there's a lot less being built. And what is that doing to industrial land prices? Are, are land prices uh, as cheap as people might think they are for industrial? Well, um, I, I think possibly this would be another use of the word bifurcated. Oh! <laughs> ding, ding, ding. He's on a tear. Twi- twice in one show. <laughs> there are locations that are actually hot and, um, and develop property in good locations where there's uh, uh, you know, strong drivers uh, around. Uh, for instance, uh, big drivers like, say, Charleston, South Carolina has got a, a big uh, driver with Boeing coming in there to build. Uh, the 787 Dreamliner, and there's a lot of aerospace activity, a lot of new construction going on, and there's not that much land that's available, particularly not at um, at low prices. Well, they can sell batteries over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's they need to fix that issue, but uh, but but still, um, you know, there are markets that are um, that are still you know pretty strong as far as the numbers are concerned. Now there are other locations, and there are other uh, pieces of of land that you know, have gone through difficult times, and you know, frankly, what we've done the last couple of years. Uh, we've been buying land from banks who have foreclosed on them, and that land has been available at very favorable rates. So um, it's not uh, it's not all one answer. There are places that you know have uh, strong demand and limited supply, and those numbers are, are are getting back to numbers like they were before the recession. All right. Well, we're short on the end of the show here, guys. But can you uh, finish the show up with a tip for our listeners, uh, Sammy? Yeah, you know, I would say get out there. You know, get out there and make something happen. I, I keep hearing people say, well, it's never going to be like it was. <laughs> so the water's well, no, okay? <laughs> no, no, it's not going to be like it was. So, it's you know, that's why the sun comes up every day. Get out there and figure out where the opportunities are for you and make something happen. And Larry? Believe in the future. You know, the real estate business and, and really all of business uh, is based on confidence. 
if we start realizing that despite everything that happened and as bad as everything got, we're still alive. <laughs> and we still got, you know, 300 and something million people here and they all have needs and there's people clamoring to come into the country. Um, you know, we've got opportunity here and it's just a matter of seizing it. So believe in the future. Yeah. Real estate's a hard asset and people are searching for yield in this market and for safe yield. And I think real estate, you know, has, has that that income stream there that you can pretty much count on. And then if inflation hits down the road, uh, we may have some appreciation as well. So it's a, it's a good asset. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today and sharing your insight with our listeners. Thanks, thanks for having us. us. Thank you. For more information from anyone on the show today, you can find their contact information at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. I have a question for you as a listener. Can you join us next week? Well, I hope so. We'll be discussing the U.S. apartment industry, a certainly another hot sector. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Cone Resnick, forward-thinking advice to navigate business and financial issues. Visit ConeResnick.com. By BB&T, banking, business, and commercial real estate loans. Visit BB&T.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit AGG.com. And Bull Realty, when your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com and by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com.